Welcome to the Tripwire Podcast, part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I'm your host, Zach, at FF Chalupa Batman. I am joined today by the great Joe Pepe, as well as Steve Lawson. How are you guys doing tonight, gentlemen? Good, good. How about you, man? No complaints. So we have a fun show. We've been talking Dynasty now for, it feels like two months, maybe longer. We are finally in redraft season, so we wanted to put together a mock draft for you all. Now, we're not going to be going pick by pick. Um, it's great for the other shows to do that. Um, we want to be a little quicker. We want to get more into draft strategies to help you win your league because, let's be honest, every draft is different. Your home league is not going to draft like our league, but we can give you some tips and tricks that we went through. So I'm going to get us all set up. Um, you can see our, our draft board on the screen, but this was a 1QB, 12-team, half PPR mock. We decided to keep it very basic because, let's be honest, most drafts out there follow these pretty standard uh, positions. So it's one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end. We made it two flex spots, and then it's a kicker, a defense, and seven bench spots. So like I said, pretty standard. So in our draft today, here is the order of the picks. At the 101, we have Sam Wagman. For, uh, he's a content creator with Football Guys and Fantasy Points. We had myself at the 102. We had Alex, who unfortunately couldn't join us, but he's part of the Tripwire crew at 103. Uh, at 104 was Jeff Bell. He's Dynasty lead at Football Guys and host of the Devi Royale. At 105, we had Gina Noble. She's host of Ranked Draft Trade Fantasy Football Podcast. At 106, we have the wonderful Steve. At 107 is Lee Avery. He's our only quote-unquote fan, um, but he's actually from my home league. He's uh, been a friend of mine for several years, and he's our defending champ. Um, and he's an assistant coach for the 17 and under Team Durant in the EYBL. Um, so I thought it'd be great to have him um, on the draft to kind of balance this out a little bit. We have Joe at the 108. At 109 is Jen Smith, who's a fantasy football writer as well. At 110, we have Derek Brown, content creator with Fantasy Pros. At 111, we have Roxanne. She's host of the Mallertown podcast and writer with Razzball. And finally, to wrap it up, we have 112, which is Chris Robin. He's a DFS content creator for Team Rise or Fall and Woodward Sports. So we have a lot of great people from the industry, and we appreciate them coming on um, to talk about it. So we're going to go through our teams real quick. Not so much our player by player, but just kind of talking our strategy. So I'll go first since I was at the 102. So I knew as at the 102, um, I was either getting Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey. That was my plan going into it. It didn't matter to me which one I got. Very happy to get Christian McCaffrey. We're not really going to talk about the players so much, though. So I knew with that pick, I was going to try a hero running back strategy, which is basically getting a running back in the first two rounds and then waiting for a bit and trying to load up at other positions. So I hammered wide receiver going four in a row. Um, and then normally I don't take quarterback too early, uh, but I felt like I couldn't pass up the value at the end of the sixth round with Patrick Mahomes. And then I felt like I couldn't pass up the value with Schultz who I think can be a top five tight end at seven, two. But then at that point I knew I needed to really focus on running backs since I only had one. So then I went four in a row running backs. And then at the end to finish up the draft, I'm really just looking for some upside. And so that's why I chose the players that I did at the end. So then I want to go into Alex. Uh, unfortunately he couldn't join us tonight. So I'm just going to go through his, what he told us uh, for the show. He had the one of three, his strategy was a anchor wide receiver and then load up on running back. However, when Andrews um, was sliding, it made him pivot. 
So he had to change up his strategy and um, he reached on Lamar, which he felt like it hurt his draft. And then he said in hindsight, in hindsight, he should have went with Gibson in round five and then Hertz in round six. So Steve, you were at the 106. So what was your strategy? Yeah, so my strategy is uh, pretty similar to how I operate in my home leagues and every league I'm in. is uh, It's a safe floor kind of strategy. Uh, I took Cooper Cup because I feel like in that offense we've seen that he's um, capable of really big weeks, but he's also pretty safe overall on his floor. Uh, and I did that all the way down through about the eighth round. Um, and after that, I started to go to upside. Uh, but... Um, even with my quarterback later was Justin Fields. I really wanted to hammer home the point that um, I really love to have a team that you need to score well to beat me, right? You're not going to catch me on a week where I drop 80 points, 70 points, and my team like kind of lays an egg on you. It's going to be consistent. It's a safe floor across the board, and that's always how I like to build my teams. You have to be good. Your team has to play well to beat me. Great. So you went with a balanced floor early upside late strategy yep perfect and then joe you had the 108 so what was your strategy so with the 108 and i mean with any draft i usually like to go wide receiver heavy to start it off i've like honestly the first three four rounds but that didn't happen here because of the way the board fell to me so i actually ended up in a bit of a balanced strategy um got a stack in here with dak and cd which i love as well Might have went a little heavy with the Broncos as I got Javante Williams and Jerry Judy. But I really like my team. Uh, For me, it was just kind of a little bit of um, Steve set up where it's like, I like having a lot of balance, a lot of, you know, safe floors in the beginning. And then at the end, I'm taking those shots. And there was a couple people left like Myers who gave me a wide receiver one late for the team, a KJ Osborne who has a shot to overtake Adam Thielen, hopefully in this offense. And then a JD McKissick, who I'm just hoping is a great third down running back. And if Antonio Gibson goes down, I'm hoping he takes over with even more points. But I got to be honest, this was not one of my favorite drafts. I ended up getting sniped every which way possible. Facts. And we'll talk about that uh, because that's going to happen to you in, in pretty much every draft. Uh, <laughs> People are going to like the same players as you because, shocker, we all like good players. Um, So we wanted to go through our favorite picks kind of in a round range, just calling out one player. Like I said, we're not trying to get too, too specific. So for Alex had the rounds one through three. So his favorite pick was Saquon at the 203. And let me see who made that pick. So that was D Brown. Uh, Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros made that pick. I know he's a big Saquon fan. So Alex liked that because he's now two years removed from the ACL. He sees a lot of targets. So he's PPR gold. Now this is half PPR, but you still get those points. And being drafted as the RB10, he feels like if he ends up staying healthy, he's a top five running back behind CMC, JT, Swift, Eckler, and then it's Saquon for Alex. Um, So Steve, who is your favorite pick if you're looking through rounds four through six? Uh, so my favorite pick uh, in those rounds um, is Antonio Gibson. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter at all, you know that that's my guy. And I have him projected as a top 12, maybe top 10 kind of running back. Uh, last year, everyone wants to point to last year and be like, well, he wasn't that efficient. J.D. McKissick, blah, 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 blah. The guy had a broken leg. At the end of the day, he rushed for 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns and had 40 catches on a broken leg. If you're snagging a guy who can do that on one leg in the fifth round, then you've done an excellent job of getting value. 
you've got a guy with high upside capability. He has the upside of being a top five guy. He has the talent to be a top five guy. Antonio Gibson is the kind of running back that could carry your team to a fantasy championship. In the fifth round at the 5-5, five, five, that's a perfect, perfect pick. All right. And then for the rounds seven through nine, Joe, who is your favorite pick? So I'm going to talk about actually three straight picks that our boy Steve made because I'm looking at it more and more now and staring me right in the face. And I was going to just talk about the Brandon Ayuk pick and how like camp's going so well for him. And since he started with Cup and Deontay Johnson, he has that safe floor so he can go and take upside shots with these wide receivers. But he kind of did them three in a row with upside shots, and I love that. So we got Brandon Ayuk, then we have Tyler Lockett in the next round, then we have Kadarius Tony in the round after that. And all three of them give me a shot at some really big weeks. And outside of Lockett, Tony gives me a shot to be the number one-on-one team. Ayuk gives me a shot to have great connection with Trey Lance. I just – I like those three combined with the Cooper Cup and Deontay Johnson safe floor. Like you were saying, you like to build it to be safe to start and then upside later. I think you did a perfect job of finishing off your wide receiver room by getting those three guys. Awesome. And then I was just looking at rounds <laughs> 10 through 12 because beyond that – I mean, we're, we're all kind of just shooting for upside and targeting different positions. So uh, my favorite was Jalen Tolbert at the 12-3, which, again, I believe was made by Derek Brown. It was. So uh, we're a big uh, Derek Brown Killed fan me. of this draft right now. Um, so Jalen Tolbert, I like him that late because he is his wide receiver six. But he's going to be probably the wide receiver two on Dallas, at least to start the year. Um, we're getting positive camp reports. And that's just a kind of upside. You're, you're trying to target that late. Um, worst case scenario, he's a dud. And you got him in the 12th round, didn't hurt you. You can literally drop him. Um, or best case scenario, he ends up being like a decent wide receiver 3-4 that you can plug into your flex and rotate on your bye weeks. Um, so that's the kind of pick you want to make that late in the draft. All right. So that's enough of talking about players. The, like I said, the whole point of this show that we're really trying to help you all with that are listening is draft advice and strategies. So, Steve, why is it so important, even though this is obvious, I want to talk about it, to know your league settings? So it's really important to know your league settings, mainly because when you go into your draft, that's what's going to dictate how you run. If you're in a standard league, you don't want a quarterback in the first round. But if you sit there and you're in a super flex league and you wait till the eighth round to take a quarterback, you lose. You've lost the league. You might as well not even play. Don't bother setting a lineup. You're out. You're done. Get out. Like the, you've given your money. You've given it to charity at that point. <laughs> uh, we're big fans of charity. But yeah, uh, <laughs> y- you really win or lose your leagues by either knowing your league settings or not knowing. So um, right now is a popular season for a lot of um like large draft leagues going on, whether they're for charity or just for fun. And they all have unique league settings, which is very exciting. But that's how you take advantage of those drafts is by knowing those league settings and what are the quirky points in there? Or maybe there's a positional lineup. So like I'm in a draft right now where I have to start two tight ends. Well, that makes tight ends a lot more valuable because you have to start two of them. Right. So I took advantage of that and took two tight ends earlier than some people. And that gave me a positional advantage. Whereas in another league, maybe tight end isn't as helpful because they are diminished in their scoring. You don't want to be rolling out Kenny Pickett as your QB two 
If you have to start two of them, you don't want him in that position. Absolutely. So then my next uh, one I wanted to send to Joe, because you actually talked about this earlier. So you talked about how you felt like you are getting sniped a lot and you went with one strategy, but then it wasn't really what you expected. So why is it important to be flexible and then be ready to pivot during your draft? Well, like I said, I got sniped way more than I like in this draft. And I could have jumped. I could have been like, oh, my God, I got to get these guys right here. I got to make sure I get like three running backs now because the board went crazy. But when we're in a draft, especially with all these great names that we have here, you just have to sit back. You have to realize, like, chill. There's enough players here. Breathe. Take a second. Because if you make that panic pick, what happens is that by the time that board comes back to you, that anxiety builds. And then that next pick is going to be bad. And then it's going to roll around again to you. And the anxiety is just going to keep building. It's like pushing a snowball down a hill. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So if somebody snipes you, let it out, scream, be upset, whatever you got to do. But then get right back on your horse. This is why I like to queue up a few players, not just one, so it doesn't hurt that much. You got to queue up like five to seven, in my opinion, so that when one or two are taken, you don't panic and get too crazy. It's a psychological thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Basically, I don't want to freak out. I'm South Philly. I'm Italian. I'm a hothead. I got to stop that. And this is how I do it. I put a few people in the queue so that when a couple go away, it sucks, but it's not the worst thing ever. And I will point out when we did this draft, it's a 30 second clock. Um, so if you play on underdog in their fast drafts, it's a 30 second clock. So you know what that's like. I would guess most of your home leagues probably don't do 30 seconds. We chose that because we wanted it to be quick to not take up too much time of anybody. Um, but it really makes you, like I said, you have to prepare and queue. You got to be quick. I know I talked to some people that were in the mock afterwards and the 30 second clock really stressed them out. Um, that's why this is a mock. So practice do a 30 second mock it it is really fast but if you already kind of have an idea of who you like at what what adp and kind of what your strategy is and you're just being flexible 30 seconds is still enough time to make a pick as long as you're kind of looking ahead and and planning for different scenarios absolutely all right so then steve (laughs) why do you believe when you're drafting on the ends so i would say probably the first two picks or the last two picks why should you not really worry about adp All right, so I'm really psyched that uh, this one came up because ADP is not something you measure formulaically. You measure measure that with your heart, with your gut. You get – you take your guys. Now, listen, I am not going to tell you to go take Jalen Tolbert in the first round, okay? To some degree, you keep that in mind. But when you're on those ends, if the guy is like the 70th pick but you're sitting there at the 60th pick and you're like – Oh, but that's 10 picks early. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's a round. It's whatever round he's in, that's his ADP. It's not a specific pick. If you're in that ballpark, you're in the right shape. Because if you wait, you're going to miss out on him. And then you're going to have to pivot like Joe was talking about. And no one wants to pivot. Okay? No one wants to pivot. Trust your gut. Sometimes you have to take those shots. Guys like, you know, Cooper Cup or Chris Godwin, or these are all past picks, right? They were all fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. But if you took those guys and you took your shots early, you were rewarded. Trust your research, trust your gut. Yep, and it's important. When you are on those ends, you have a lot more picks in between when you make that that second pick and you got to wait around. Like, you're basically waiting almost two full rounds until it's your pick again. So if anyone is within that quote-unquote ADP within that round and a half, two rounds, you're not really reaching because they were never going to get to you at your next pick anyway. So if it's get a guy guys. that you really want, get your guys. Exactly. 
So I want to highlight a specific pick. Um, this is not to call out the person at all. We've actually <laughs> talked glowingly about, about Derek Brown's draft, but it's about reading the board. And by that, I mean, if you look at um, Derek Brown's pick in the seventh round, he took Trey Lance at 710. There's nothing wrong with that value. If you like Trey Lance, the way the board was going, nothing wrong. What I did want to highlight is that Roxanne in the 11th slot and Chris in the 12th slot already had their QBs. This is a one QB league. So odds are they're not going to take a second QB um, in with their seventh and eighth round pick. So Derek could have waited and gotten Lance at the 803, and he could have made another pick at the at the um, 710 to maximize his value. Um, again, nothing wrong with him getting Lance where he did, but just by looking at the way the people drafting after him had their board already, he probably could have waited literally, what is that, four more picks to pass, and then got Lance. I will give him one little bit of credit, though, because it is only 30 seconds. So you don't get to Correct. look at the board as much, but yes, it is the perfect tip. Please read the board around you when you're drafting, when you have more than 30 seconds, obviously. Correct. And yeah, this isn't that Derek Brown made a bad pick. <clears throat> it's just that in a normal I'm situation, like said, when you have when you have more time, I know you guys are coworkers, <laughs> uh, when you have more time, uh, r- make sure you're paying attention to your other league mates and how their draft is going. Because if you're targeting a certain position and they've already covered that position, you might be able to play the odds that they're not going to take them. And then, hey, collect that value. And then I wanted, let's see, Joe, can you talk about zero RB strategy? Now, nobody in this mock um, did a zero RB, but what is a zero RB strategy? Because I'm sure some of our listeners have heard about it, but maybe they don't really understand what it means. So I'm as close as you can get to somebody who actually loves zero RB usually. It just didn't work out for me here. But it's when you wait towards the middle and even the later rounds to get all your running backs. You usually end up getting a lot of people in that, like James Cook, Alexander Madison, Naeem Hines, Ramondre Stevenson. That ends up being your running back room. And what you're hoping for basically is that an injury happens, even though you're not hoping for an injury. Everybody knows what I mean when I say that. Um, You're just hoping for snap share to change, for an injury to happen, something to go down the catapult somebody in your room to move up because if that happens in your running back room everywhere else is solidified for you all your wide receivers are probably studs your tight end most likely a stud your quarterback a stud so then if you can get one of those running backs to hit all you have to do is kind of play the waiver wire flex out that other running back and figure out who has the best matchup so i usually love that strategy it just didn't work for me here, and I'm surprised nobody actually did it. I don't know how we pulled an entire draft off like that. And I do want to give a shameless plug to our own show. You <clears> mentioned <throat> Waiver Wire. We are a Waiver Wire podcast in season, so make sure you are we downloading, subscribing, you. following, and listening to our wonderful Waiver Wire advice in season. It's like, uh, that, so that's exactly to... why I said it. It's exactly Perfect. why so I you, said it. <laughs> so if you went with that zero RB strategy, we got you covered in the waiver wire. So then I wanted to talk about the hero running back strategy because I pulled off that strategy. Um, so I just want to highlight my board real quick. Um, let me see if I click on this. Cool. So I like I said, I knew I was going to get a top running back to start. So I went with McCaffrey. To me, whether it was JT, McCaffrey, whichever one, they are such a strong running back in my opinion from a scoring standpoint that I wanted to try to collect more depth and value at other positions. So I ended up focusing on wide receiver 
And then, like I said, I normally don't go so early on quarterback and tight end, but it just fell that way to me. So I didn't take my second running back until the eighth round. But as you mentioned, actually, a bunch of these guys, when you're talking about zero RB. So I grabbed James Cooks, Ramondre Stevenson, Dale Henderson, Kenneth Gainwell. They're all RB2s on their team. Maybe James Cooks could end up being an RB1, which is why they fell to where they did. Stevenson too. Plug them. Yep. But they do have the chance to be the RB1 on the team, or they can also just have some standalone value on their own. So that gives me some potential upside. I only have to start one of them. So I have McCaffrey. I will have my wide receivers. My my flex will probably also be wide receivers. And then I will throw in one of these running backs every week and figure out which one sticks and give myself an opportunity that way. And then after that, I just went all upside, um, just trying to get more players. So that's how the hero RB strategy works. And now you could have also done it from the second round instead of the first round. Um, but that's just how I ended up going from the 102. It just made sense for me to take McCaffrey. And then... One of the last things I want to touch on with you, Steve, was um, wh- like, what is your mentality when you feel like you made a bad pick? Like, how do you not let that affect the rest of your draft? Okay, so if you made a bad pick, and we've all done it, we've taken this guy, and then we look at the board afterwards, and you just look and go, some expletive that I'm not allowed to say because it's a PG show. So you can't, don't compound a mistake, right? Like, like relax, it's not going to end your season, hopefully, and make a good pick next time. Make your moves, make your picks, and understand it's fantasy football. There are trades. You can trade afterwards. You can make something happen. Don't panic. Now, if you went and drafted, I don't know, Dawson Knox in the first round, I probably can't bail you out of that one. Um, But if you're like, ah, I want. I took Derrick Henry, but I really wanted Joe Mixon. They're pretty much equal. Like you're not. Don't panic, man. Like relax. It's all gonna be okay. Keep your draft strategy. Follow your gut and trust your gut that you're gonna build the team around what you got. Perfect. And then the last thing I wanted to point out, which you might not be able to see, is hey, you, know, you can see it. So know your league um, platform, your draft platform rules. So. What I'm talking about is ESPN requires you to fill all of your starting spots by the end of the draft. That doesn't mean you got to take them in order. But by the end of the draft, if you're playing with a kicker and defense like we were, you have to fill those spots. It won't let you take anybody else. However, we're on Sleeper and a bunch of other platforms do not require that. So five out of the 12 teams in our mock did not take a kicker and a DST. And only two out of the 12 teams did not draft a kicker or a DST. Uh, I was one of them. Now we did not bring this up. We talked about it during the mock, but we didn't. We did not share this with our uh, league mates that were mocking that they didn't have to take a kicker in defense, or they had to because I wanted this exact scenario to happen. So there's nothing wrong with taking a kicker or a defense whenever you want to take them. I'm not going to judge you for any of that. But also think about if you don't need to take one, do you want to take one? So for me, I did not take any of them. So I need to pick one up. Uh, one of each up before the season starts, obviously. But now I can kind of see what happens during the rest of preseason because we did this mock so early. And if one of my guys ends up hitting, well, I got that extra opportunity. And can if I not, I in? just drop somebody. Oh, absolutely. I, all right. So with this strategy, it only works if you draft early. If you're drafting the week before the season and you're like, I'm going to sneak one by them and not draft a kicker. Like you're not sneaking one by anyone. You're going to drop your last pick and then pick up a kicker. Like 
now you've just passed up having a good kicker because you wanted to get fancy and like streamline a kicker. Bruh, don't don't bother. If it's the week before the season, those lineups are set. Get yourself Justin Tucker and get yourself the Chargers defense. They're going to be the number one in both and roll out there. All right. Like that's what you want to do. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a great point. It is about timing. So we did this a month before the season started. So this just gives me more opportunity to take some shots on guys and then I can just drop somebody and pick them up. Um, But, yeah, so you just, again, need to know your platform and what the rules are. What are your league settings? And that's how you just maximize um, your draft. And then, and like I said, we want to hype this up as much as possible. We are a waiver wire show. You do not win your league at the draft. You are going to have to do some work. Because I guarantee you did not make all perfect picks. No matter how much you try, you can listen to us. You can listen to any other show. You will not have a perfect draft. So don't stress. Even if you don't feel great about your draft, like uh, the guy said, you can fix it through the waiver wire, through trading. Um, So Joe and Steve, I appreciate you guys coming on. To everybody else that was in our mock draft, thank you. I will have them all tagged on when we post this. Um, So go ahead and make sure you follow everybody. And follow everywhere where they do all their great work. Like I said, pretty much everybody in this was a fantasy creator other than my buddy Lee. Um, So he doesn't have any content to follow. But make sure you're following their content as well. They put out a lot of great work. So this is Tripwire. We are part of Triple Play Fantasy. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you go ahead and subscribe while you're on the page. The team puts out a ton of great content. We're not even just talking football. We got baseball, basketball. We talk movies. There's some food stuff on there. Um, so we got you all covered. If you are on listening to the podcast, make sure you follow it uh, or whatever platform you're on so you don't miss any episodes. We have a ton of episodes coming out every week between this show. Um, my interview series is coming to an end with this offseason. Um, but then we also have the main show is on there as well, as well as some player interviews. So I don't want you guys to miss any of that. So Steve and Joe, have a great night, guys. We appreciate you guys coming on. Too. Good luck mocking the rest of the uh, offseason and Make sure you guys are watching us to get you ready for the rest of the season. Thanks, everybody. See you later, guys.